Welcome back to In the Queue, film conversations with Andrew and Phil. I am Phil. We are. Yeah, here we are. Oh, oh we're we we're are. into it. We're what? doing it right oh, now. What? What's going on? What'd you say? What'd you say? What's up, fool? <laughs> Good God. Good God. <laughs> Good God. That's our reference to the uh, Chad Mc... Chadwick Boseman uh, line in the upcoming James Brown biopic it's a, that we we both find very humorous from the uh, trailer. Yeah, if you haven't seen the trailer, you should check it out. It's um, the trailer itself is you know it's a fair trailer, I suppose, but the highlight yeah. is definitely when he's holding a shotgun and it goes off in the air and he goes, "Good God, good God." <laughs> so, any at um, any rate, uh, so. This is in the you're, queue. You're Phil. I'm Phil. That's where we left off. I'm Phil. I'm Andrew. And uh, we're here to entertain you and uh, enlighten you with some film conversations. Yep. You can uh, follow us on a few different places. Uh, we have a blog. It's www.in-the-q. That's the letter Q. Oh, yeah. com. And on our blog, we post all of our shows. Uh, we have a, sort of a discussion forum that goes on as well. If you want to talk about some of the episodes that we've done, we also are on iTunes. You can subscribe. You can have our podcast delivered to your iTunes box as soon as they come out. Yep. And uh, it also has, you know, of course, the collection of all the shows that we've already done. So you can sort of delve back into the past if you like what we're doing so far. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, we have a Facebook page, as many entities do these days. Yep. And we're no exception here at In The Queue. And uh, if you just search for In The Queue, Film Conversations with Andrew and Phil, you'll find us. And all of our shows are posted there. And then we also post videos and other sorts of links to kind of um, – maybe offer some compliments to the shows that we record and offer sometimes just some enjoyable tangential videos that have something to do with what we're talking about. So please check those out as well. Indeed. Today we're going to talk about the new Godzilla film simply titled Godzilla. Yeah. Uh, this is a movie like, like a couple of Godzilla films before it. This is not the first Godzilla movie to be called Godzilla by any stretch. Oh, no. Uh, there was the original Godzilla, which we'll probably get into a little bit later, and um, yep. then several sequels and remakes that came after that. But this Godzilla basically has a similar sort of idea. It seems like a reimagining of the original story with some you know, updated technology and updated uh, sort of subplots and things like that. Basically, uh, Godzilla, he's a very famous monster, and he is presumably hibernating or sleeping somewhere in the Earth. Um, and he became... <laughs> Andrew's uh, very amused right now because we had a little sort of chat beforehand <laughs> where he was saying he was challenging me to explain the plot of the film um, for, his, Clearly. for his own selfish reasons, but... Okay, so here's this is what I understand it. Godzilla was a creature who was sort of contaminated uh, with radioactive waste um, many years back. Um, Andrew, okay, yeah, okay, and uh, if that, okay, he was he was uh, he was basically 
mutated and deformed and 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 he was completely effed up. I think you're reaching into former versions of Godzilla that we know very well. This Godzilla film turns all of that on its head. Well, wait a second. For reasons that are inexplicable. There is there's a prologue at the beginning of this film where they have kind of like a montage of atomic bomb testing yeah. on like bikini atoll yep. and and yeah. several sorts of things that in in my mind those snippets um sort of yes they do sort of set up what we know from his previous Godzilla films um but but there is also i believe some dialogue in the film that says that he was uh he was awakened after a very long slumber um and i yeah but not by the testing. The testing wasn't testing. They even say that, that it wasn't testing, that those nuclear bombs were an attempt to kill the creature that we had awakened far beneath the Earth's surface. Okay, back in, back in the 50s and 60s. Yes. Yeah, okay, all right. If you watch the previous terrible, terrible Godzilla movie from 1998, that actually has a montage at the beginning of the film with lots of nuclear bombs exploding and... Like DNA replicating and, you know, <laughs> creatures, you know, evolving. And that's a pretty clear link uh-huh. to the old sort of Godzilla, the Godzilla lore, or the way uh, that yes, it was perceived. Yeah, back in the 50s. The first one was 1954. Yeah. This one intentionally made a break with that, I think, to try and reboot the franchise. And actually this franchise is a popular new thing to do. It was rebooted, I think, in a very calculated manner because this is the sixtieth uh, anniversary of Godzilla. Yeah. Um, it is. Anyway, so just I'll dispense with the rest of it. When I watched Godzilla, I was <laughs> watching it because I knew at its core what this movie is about. It's about a big monster who goes and runs amok and destroys cities. But in this film, the reboot, the slight turn of events, the little bit of a twist that they throw into it, is that Godzilla is actually on our side. Godzilla is the good guy. And Godzilla is attacking and destroying these two other monsters called Mutos, who are sort of like these weird walking, I don't know, moth-like, mutated monsters. And um, so basically, it's Godzilla versus Mutos. And then there's some human beings thrown into the mix there to sort of activate our empathy capabilities. Or some might say just to simply look like idiots and do nothing. Some might say that. Some, I don't know who, but some people might say that that's well, what it was all about. That maybe that's the effect they had on you, but I'm pretty sure the effect was to sort of develop some, you know, compassion and have mm. a human interest in a story that revolved around monsters primarily. Epic fail. Monsters destroying fam- famous landmark cities. Um, and uh, yeah, so this is a long film. Well, I guess it actually it wasn't as long as it seemed. It's uh, it's, oh, oh, really? <laughs> it's two hours and three minutes. I thought it was more like two and a half hours, but uh, look, I mean, I uh, I was not really expecting a hell of a whole lot from Godzilla. Yeah, uh, sure. And basically, I enjoyed it. I had I had fun. I thought that the filmmaker Gareth Edwards did a um, a downright sort of 
borderline Spielbergian approach to the story, the way that he would borderline <laughs> the way that it was border borderline. It was not quite as as uh, streamlined as Mr. Spielberg would have done. Is it. it right on the border of 1941 in terms of quality? Is that is that the border we're talking about? No, we're talking the worst of Spielberg. Uh, more on the border with color purple, I would say, actually. Um <laughs> Wait, Color Purple's actually uh, a good movie. Uh, anyway, I'm just it was a joke, of course, but um yeah, well some some parts I thought were very reminiscent of Jurassic Park, but what I'm trying to say about about Gareth Edwards Godzilla is the way that he he managed to evoke the presence of Godzilla and managed to evoke suspense uh by juxtaposing sort of the the familiar with the extraordinary. Um, you know, like Spielberg is really sort of well known for doing that type of thing. Like, you know, like um, in Jurassic Park, for example, when they're in the Jeep and they're being chased by the T-Rex for the first time. And uh, Jeff Goldblum looks in the side mirror and, and it's, it says that familiar message that we all know. Objects in mirror may be closer than they appear, but it's got this big T-Rex coming at you. And so it elicits a kind of a a response like, oh my God, you know, this is something that we're so familiar with, but now we're being thrown into this altogether new and extraordinary and, and frightening situation. So God, and you chuckle a little bit at it too. It's funny. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a pun. It's like, I mean, a visual pun of sorts. Well, it's, yeah, it's, I guess I totally agree. Cause that, cause that object is huge to begin with and very close. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, but it's just, my point is, is that the director, I think he, Godzilla is not as good as Jurassic Park, in my opinion. But oh, really? Yeah, really, really. I'm not even a big fan of Jurassic Park. This doesn't even come close. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm going to wind down what I've been saying because I see Andrew. There's <laughs> steam coming out of his headphones right now. Um, anyway, <laughs> the the approach that Gareth Edwards took in telling the story, I thought was was fun. It was fun the way that he managed to. Tell the story uh, with some some sort of like maybe some more subtle juxtapositions, and I'll while Andrew's talking, I'll see if I can remember some of them specifically. But Andrew, please tell us what you thought about Gareth Edwards' Godzilla. Well, you've covered the things that worked for you. Yeah, very few things in this film worked for me. Well, you sound so in fact, sound so mannered about it, Andrew. I mean, I I was I this is. I, n- I have never in my life fallen asleep in a movie, and I almost fell asleep in the middle of the action in this film. I was so bored. Yeah. I thought it was awful. I thought it was awful. I w- thought it was colossally terrible. And what's more, I thought that it made all of the same mistakes that the last terrible Godzilla movie made. All of them. Mm. It, it, was almost, it was almost the same movie over again. It was no better than the other one? I don't think it was. Wow. I thought it was just uh the the script I thought was terrible. I thought it was was trite. I thought it was uh very just you know not even a sense of been there done that. Just like it was just boring. It was just it was so Un- rote. Uninspired maybe? Yeah, uninspired. Just uninteresting in every way and the and the 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 things that people said were so in line, and and I guess you could make a case for that being an homage mm. to the the legacy of this great movie monster, right? right? Yeah. But 
it, it, that's no excuse for having just like a terrible movie. Like, okay, like those movies were bad for very specific reasons. And and bad is a sort of relative term in that sense because they're still fun and interesting and campy and campy and cool ideas. They have cool ideas behind them. This doesn't have a single idea behind it, much less a cool one. Mm-hmm. It, it it's literally just retreading ground. This is this is sort of a new trend in Hollywood that drives me absolutely bonkers. Is that all these people who grew up watching the films of yesteryear be, became big fans of them, mm-hmm. and they've grown up. They've gone to film school and didn't do anything interesting at film school and haven't had an interesting idea in their entire lives. Uh, but they really, really, really love the movies that have been made in the past. Mm-hmm. So then they try and remake those movies, but updated for a modern audience. Well, dude, and welcome to entertainment these days and period. I mean, I, that's yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. But that but it it lacks any soul because they don't have a, a concrete understanding of the source material. They don't understand where it comes from or why it's interesting in the first place. They just know the tropes and they regurgitate those tropes in an inferior way. Uh-huh. So like so like there's enough to make us feel like we you know make us feel safe like we've seen this before like oh this is a great Godzilla romp mm-hmm. because I recognize the that sound effect of Godzilla screaming is just like it was in the original Godzilla movie. It's been the same all along. Oh that's so great. You know that kind of thing. Well let me ask just interrupt you for one second here is yeah. what are you looking for then if you're not sort of looking to sort of have like that kind of experience where uh, I'm looking you're... for an interesting science fiction film. I'm looking for an interesting science fiction film. A take on Godzilla that actually repurposes it, reacquires it, like makes it into something new, makes it into something that, that is the vision of the creator. Can you give me, you know, can the, you give me an example of where answer? that happened? Like in, in, a, in some kind of a situation like like where you're well a it's, familiar it's an story, example a familiar story was kind of reinvented to you. An, ex- an example that we've used before that we've talked about many times is stanley kubrick's the shining right stanley kubrick took a beloved book that well that's a little bit different, though. Really that's a book though that's not an that's not a movie franchise though i'd have to think about a movie uh, franchise that i but I like i don't like it when they resurrect movie franchises to begin with. actually no there's a good one casino royale the sort of reboot of the Bond franchise, I thought was spectacular. Okay. Absolutely fantastic film. I know that there are some people who don't like it, some people who thought that it rebooted Bond in a, in a bad way. But I thought that they really, really took Bond and updated it and made it fresh and made it new yeah. and made it interesting and gave it a really, really spit polish that made it good. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the best Bond movie, you know, since... You know, well, with the exception of Skyfall, which is the more recent one, which uh-huh. I thought was incredible, I thought it was the best Bond movie in twenty years, probably. Yeah, or more. And that kind of reboot is where they they take they understand everything that makes the 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 central character and the franchise good, and then they rework it in a in a way where they keep those little winks to the audience mm-hmm. but they make it new and fresh and interesting at the same time this it did not it did not do that at all like the the special effects are modern special effects but that that doesn't really help that doesn't do much that's not enough no it's not even close to enough uh and and it's 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 infuriating for me because i want it to be good so badly mm-hmm. like i really honestly wanted this film to be good but it just it just failed on every every I thought the performances were 
god awful. Well, there's something just that god I agree with you there, and we we haven't really talked about the things that I didn't like about the film. I actually did fall asleep at one point. Um, did. <laughs> probably around the same time you almost did. <laughs> around in the middle, maybe in the second act somewhere. But what what I, what quite bothered me. I woke up and then I enjoyed it. Uh, but the thing that really bothered me. <laughs> I find this hilarious from somebody who says that they enjoyed the film. Uh, well, look, I, I'm able to sort of, I don't know, lower my expectations or, or walk into a film without expectations. Tell me what you enjoyed about it. No, no, no. I, or, or, or what you didn't enjoy about it. What I didn't it, enjoy about it, where I can sort of see where you're coming from without a doubt when you're talking about the performances the main dude, Ford Brody, he was incapable of emoting at all. He he had this he was, terrible. He had a blank expression on his face the whole fucking movie. And he's supposed to be the hero. And yeah. and he sometimes does heroic acts, and a lot of times he's just kind of a witness to shit happening. Mm-hmm. Um but and the other thing I really didn't like, um, the woefully underused Ken Watanabe. Uh, who is a very respectable uh, actor? Yeah, and um, he his he's done great work. He was in one of my favorite films of a few years back, Letters from Iwo Jima. Yeah, yeah, and his his character was sort of like this, you know, sage who was like the Godzilla whisperer. You know, like he was he was always off somewhere contemplating everything by himself, and then somebody would like David Strathairn or some other actor would come over and be like, you know, what a what do you think about this? What should we do? And then he'll offer some kind of, you know, terse statement that's like supposed to sort of like make everybody go off and think about what they're doing. Yeah. And, um, him I did not like, but but there was enough just kind of real unintelligent catastrophes that I got to say it were, were, were done in a way that made them interesting. There was a lot of, there was a lot of destruction. There was a lot of mayhem that I found very entertaining to watch. And I, I, I did not expect a hell of a lot from Godzilla to begin with. I'm, I actually, I actually was hoping for more from the trailer. I thought the trailer was really great. It's playing Ligeti's Requiem and, those guys were doing the the halo jump out of the. That was my favorite the, part. Did you like that? You probably thought that was sacrilege using that music, didn't you? No, not at all. No, no. no I actually thought it was a great. I, I was like, okay, this is cool. These are they're doing something interesting and new with this piece of music that you know that's so iconically linked to two thousand one. Yeah. And uh, you know, this is really interesting and this is really cool, and I got really excited about it. But then, like in context, like at that point in the film, I was just like, ma, I don't, I don't care. I don't care what's happening here. Mm. This is just dumb. Yeah, and and it was it, like everything about it was so just insipid. It was it was just it was just like nothing had any stakes in a weird way. Like like no no mm. there was nothing that made me care about anybody. Like all of the humans, aside from the terrible performance from Aaron Taylor Johnson or whatever mm. his name is, the guy who who played Kickass in the Kickass movies. Um. He, uh, aside from him, well, and aside from the fact that really good people gave very mediocre performances in this, like Sally Hawkins and Sally Hawkins and uh, Brian Cranston and Juliet Binoche and 
like all these people who I really love. It's quite an Davis Strathairn, of course. Eclectic cast for a Godzilla movie. Yeah, very too. eclectic cast. But despite the fact that they were in it, they were all giving just terrible performances, and it wasn't interesting, and it it, it was poorly written, like I said, and it was uh, just colossally boring. Now, if you're only going to the movie to see giant things beat each other up, I guess maybe you'll enjoy it. Maybe, but uh, but but I I like even that wasn't interesting to me. Like I like things beating each other up and blowing things up and destroying cities is only interesting when you care about at least one person in that city, you know. And and I just didn't feel that way about this. I I didn't really well find it interesting. I I I found it very similar in a lot of ways to Pacific Rim, which a mm-hmm. lot of people have talked about and and compared it to. I, I didn't like that much either yeah um I, did, I was not a big fan of pacific rim and for a lot of the same reasons it's just like it was devoid of any sort of uh human connection it felt like it was going through the motions it felt like it was trying to check all these sort of tropes off of a checklist in order to you know fulfill mm-hmm. the fanboy fantasy of of what this movie should be without actually caring about the movie very interesting. or knowing how to tell a story fascinating well yeah and What's more, here, here's the thing that really bugs me the most, and I, I'll, I promise after this I'll stop my rant. No, go ahead. Um, I remember when we were in film school, I don't remember which of our teachers said this. Uh, I feel like it might have been uh, Ray Regis in, in one of our uh, uh, like world cinema overview classes. Yeah, or something Ray, like Ray that. Regis deserves his own podcast episode, I think. <laughs> he does. He really does. Uh, but I, I remember one of our instructors talking about uh, the difference between sci-fi and horror. That horror films were about uh, fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And that was sort of the, the thing that linked all horror films together. It's about the fear of the unknown. Right. And science fiction films were about fear of the future. And that's what linked all science fiction films together. Mm. And so if you look at God's, the original Godzilla, the original Godzilla was made in post-war Japan. The, the effects of, of uh, the bombings at Hiroshima and Nagasaki had been devastating, and they were only just beginning to understand what the long-term effects of it were. Mm-hmm. And it was sort of a, you know, a country that was sort of living in fear and uh, had been sort of subjugated by the United States, and it was it was the that film as campy and goofy and and you know fifties science fictiony the, as it is the rubbery monster with the, the rubber suit villain. all that kind of stuff that it it still is a very very concrete sort of uh, visualization of that fear mm-hmm. that fear of atomic power and what it could do. What is this movie afraid of? What is it afraid of? It's not afraid of anything. It's it's empty. It's hollow. It has it has no fear. And if the movie, if the filmmakers don't have fear, if they aren't trying to convince us to be afraid of something, then what are we what are we doing? Why are we there? Why are we watching the movie? The only thing that I could think of that it might be afraid of is nature or nature run amok. Because when the Mutos actually emerge and start terrorizing, you know, the different cities, then it's almost like... Okay, nature run amok vis-a-vis what? Like, like what? Okay, so nature run amok. So are we afraid that the animals are going to rise up and, and 
conquer us uh, as a human species. Well, but what? How? How can that relate to our lives? I see our what you're saying. Day lives? Yeah, I see what you're saying, and uh, you wanted you want this movie to be just as relevant to our lives as the original Godzilla was to the Japanese back in the fifties. There's no reason to make it if you if you aren't making a movie that's afraid of something. I don't know. I just don't see this as a statement movie. I, I don't. I'm not saying a statement. I'm saying what is the movie frightened of? Like, like there are there are plenty of examples of of science fiction movies that are that are concretely afraid of something. You look at something like Blade Runner, and it's afraid of the development of artificial intelligence to the point where they're indistinguishable from human beings. Right? That's afraid of something, and uh-huh. it's a great movie because it is terrified of that thing. Terrified and also sympathetic, which is what makes it a complex and interesting film. Uh-huh. That's why that's great. What is this movie afraid of? Well, you know, nothing is coming nothing. to mind right now. It's, it's empty. It's a shell. It's a hollow shell of a movie. It's terrible. It is terrible. It goes through the motions. It's, it's going to please all the fanboys who just want to see big things beat each other up and buildings crumble. Even when those buildings don't even have any sound effects to accompany them because they're focusing on the sounds that the creatures are making. So gigantic, you know, 50 stories skyscrapers are crumbling and there isn't even a sound effect to accompany it. Terrible work. But aside from that, it's just there's nothing. There's nothing here. This is an empty movie. It's pathetic. Well, I don't consider myself a fanboy in particular. and I, I really haven't seen much of the other Godzilla films or the Matthew Broderick version either. But uh... the work. Yeah, I mean, from what I the hear, only thing that, that this movie worse. didn't have, the, actually, I would say the only difference between this and the Matthew Broderick version is that this one didn't have tiny baby Godzillas slipping on gumballs and falling over, like like the 1998 movie did. But other than that, that's, it's the same damn movie. That sounds it's terrible. Just as terrible. Was that supposed to be comic relief? Some no, it was Godzillas? supposed to be. It was. It was no. They were chasing them around Madison Square Garden, and they knocked over a gumball machine, and all the baby Godzillas slipped. While they're running, in a sequence that was eerily reminiscent of Jurassic Park with the Velociraptors chasing people, it was terrible. Hmm. That was the only thing that made it more terrible than this Godzilla. Hmm. Wow. Well, I mean, you're in reference to your question about what what is it afraid of. I uh, I can't really say that I have as good an answer as as what the original was all about. And I understand that that's you know you you hold it to that standard. Um, I, but even even to a, like a any kind of standard, like the film never treats Godzilla as a threat. Even like like if we're gonna if it's gonna be a surprise that Godzilla is dangerous, let it be a surprise. But even from the beginning of the film, the first time that they sort of like discover Godzilla and he almost hits their boat and then doesn't, and then like they then they just like travel with him across. The Pacific, they just travel along with Godzilla, like aircraft carriers, just keeping pace, having a fun time, great pleasure cruise out with Godzilla. They don't treat him as a threat. They're just like, well, let's follow this guy, see what happens. Those other things, those are threats, though. So then it, Godzilla becomes the sort of like weird hero, and we get these dumb sequences where he's like, they're humanizing the monster, like it's like a building falls on him and he his face disappears in a cloud of smoke and we're supposed to feel empathy for him and it's just like I don't give a shit. Yeah, you know, the more that we talk about this, the more I I really do believe that this film would be dramatically different had not Jurassic Park come out 20 years earlier. Because in a way, <laughs> the the sort of, you know, as we all know, the climax of of Jurassic Park is that the T-Rex kind of 
sort of emerges as somewhat of the good guy by killing the velociraptors that are terrorizing our main characters. Sort of. Sort of like that. Right. Well, that's what the, but this, the, the, the T-Rex did kill the velociraptors, right? Yeah, but it doesn't emerge as that it like the, the last shot of any of the dinosaurs is of that banner coming down. That's the, yeah. And it's when dinosaurs ruled the earth, when yeah. dinosaurs ruled the earth. And it's sort of like a, an eerie kind of saying, Oh, this is going to be an anarchic wasteland on this Island. And who knows what's going to happen in the future. I don't think it's like a, I don't think it portrays him as the hero other than the fact that he, he does inadvertently save them as a result of him. All right. You know, if, if, fulfilling if the his... T-Rex is not the hero, then I can see why Godzilla is not the hero because Godzilla is not acting out of some like the goodness of his heart, right? He's not trying to save the world. He's just trying to kill the 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 villain, the monster, the one that's his that's threatening, you know, him. And that's right. just what the T-Rex did. So for that's one example and then there are many other examples that I feel like Jurassic Park was it was a tremendous influence and I almost see this more as like an homage to that film in many ways. And and as far as like its relationship to previous Godzilla films, I mean, it's almost like they decided to give it a twist this time. Uh, they s- decided to make Godzilla the one who is not the hero, but is trying to defeat the, but, the creatures that are harming the rest of the world. Yeah, well, good job also destroying the entirety of San Francisco. <laughs> That's not how you do it, Godzilla. <laughs> Figured out, man. You've seen his arms? They're so stubby and small, and he doesn't have much control over There's a fat Godzilla, too. Yeah. This is like a super fat Godzilla. I it's believe, really weird. It's kind of funny. I think there's at least one message thread on IMDb about Godzilla being fat in this movie. It's it, it, like one of the final shots of Godzilla when he's going back into the ocean. You see him, and it looks like he just got this huge beer gut. It looks like the <laughs> fattest, just lazy, gross Godzilla. Hey, man, you get exposed to radiation. You see what happens to you. Uh, sure. Yeah. Great. That's what it is. He's very sensitive about that, Andrew. Oh, I'm sorry. Very, he may seem like a tough guy in the exterior, but you know he's really insecure about his <sighs> weight. Well, I hated this film. I thought it was terrible. I almost fell asleep, and I never fall asleep in movies. That is saying something. I didn't hate this it. This is this is almost as bad as Transcendence. I'm going to say it. Almost as bad. Transcendence Not is our gold. Transcendence is our gold standard for a bad movie, basically. As of right now, that's sort of yeah. As far as bad movies that we reviewed on the podcast, Transcendence is the low point. Right, and this almost hit that. Well, I mean, okay, I have a sort of a less, I have a more forgiving approach to this movie, I guess, than Andrew does. But um, if you if you have sort of a desire to watch. Mass destruction, special effects, and I know I'm sounding like a real Hollywood moron right now. It's kind of amazing <laughs> me, actually. This is this is a big surprise to me that you're perfectly okay with this movie. I'm not saying I'm perfectly okay with it, but I thought I thought it was an enjoyable flick, popcorn flick. That's all it was to me. Aliens is an enjoyable popcorn flick. Aliens is, is a great movie. It is. I agree. It's a perfect film, I think. Godzilla is... You want to talk about science fiction, gold standard? Aliens. Yeah, okay. Like I said, Aliens is a great movie. Godzilla is not a great movie. In fact, I have no no desire to ever see Godzilla again. But I would definitely watch Aliens again. I'm just saying, Godzilla was a movie that I found to be entertaining. 
Fair enough. We had very differing views on this one. So join us for our next podcast when we'll see if we have differing views again uh, for the David Gordon Green comedy, Your Highness. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> this is a, this should be said that this is a listener request. That's right. And uh, if, uh, if you know anything about Your Highness or if you just know the title of the film, um, you might get some indication of uh, how far entertainment level is going to go to appeal to uh, Andrew or to me <laughs> uh, based on what we just discussed. But I mean, yeah, Your Highness, that should be an interesting uh, little talk. It's a stoner comedy, if if you hadn't guessed. It's and, uh, no, no. A medieval stoner comedy. No agenda beyond uh, making you giggle, probably while you're high. Yeah, that's what they're hoping. I'm going to watch it sober and see what happens. Good luck with that. Thank you. So, yeah, join us again for that show, and we will see you next time. Have a good one.